Welcome to Just Mything Around, a student-driven podcast recorded by high school students as part of their English 2530 dual enrollment mythology course. In each episode, a pair of students will explore a particular person, concept, god, creature, or thing from across world mythology. In the first episode, Jordan and Dalen talk about a pair of lesser-known deities, Chernabog from the Slavic mythology and Ahriman, a deity from Zoroastrianism. The fellows will tell you a little bit about each before talking about much deeper issues, such as free will, how humans develop belief systems, why cultures require a representation of evil, the question of how evil can exist if there truly is a good God, the idea that evil is born from doubt, how humans draw comfort in the idea that good does exist, and much more. I just drunk my cool little Arizona. I'm chilling. Yes, sir. I got a I got a little Dr. Pepper in the water right here. You know, I'm mm. I'm ready. But uh <clears throat> just mything around, right? That's a funny name. I like that. Hi. Right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Mything Around podcast. My name is Jordan Rogers, and I'm here with Dalen Brown. Dalen, how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing amazing. How about you feel? Oh, man, I can't complain. Beautiful day. Decent weather outside. Dalen, I know that you always have interesting things to talk about. Today is no different. Dude, we've talked a little bit about it, but you've got me very intrigued, man. Who – what – First of all, I want to know how to pronounce the name uh, of what you're talking about. Can can you do that for me? Can you pronounce that? Uh, so my topic is on this god, or in some cases spirit, some cases uh, called a demon or daemon. His name is Araman, uh, also known as Angra Manu, which basically means evil thought. Is essentially what his name means. It translates to other similar meanings, but for the most part, from what I've seen, it usually translates to evil thought. Uh, that's a that's a very uh, dark topic. It's only as dark as you think. Well, I mean, like I said, you you definitely you've got me intrigued with that. I I want to know there's there's so many gods and, and things you can talk about relating to many mythologies, many cultures. Why this culture? Why and why the this evil spirit, this evil demon or, or god? So it originated from essentially I read a story that was debating the topic of the origin of evil or if there even was a origin of evil both in mythology and just philosophical thought so originally i i read the story and i had a little i guess you would say mini debate with my friends where we base where we basically decide yo 
we're going to research and talk about this because one of my friends had said, yo, who is a Christian, he basically said, yo, it's all the devil and stuff like that. Well, not all the devil, but that's what it basically boils down to. And we basically get, and we all, my friend group at that time had gotten a little argument about it. So we decided, yo, we'll come back with each other and we'll discuss it, right? So I researched a little bit back then. Now, I didn't research as in-depth as I did now, even though I, I'm not like, even though I'm not like people that do this for a living, but you know, I did my little, I did my little book reading, a little bit web searching, and I have researched different, um, different origins. And one of, like as you said earlier, the Greeks with Panthor, and her in the in her box. That's that was one origin, or we can go into Zoroastrian or old Persian with Aramin or Angermanu, who could be said to be one version of evil, or the Garden of Eden. Yeah, uh, speaking of those those versions of evil where things originated, uh, man, I've, I actually, I, I looked into that a little bit. That, that actually kind of concerns my topic, which, which is in a very similar thing of yours, but it, I want to ask this. So does Christianity play a role in this topic? Like, did Christianity have any effect on the stories or legends that were told about it? Has the mythology behind it changed over the years? You know, the funny thing is, this mythology, funnily enough, is likely a precursor to Christianity, though they are different things, a lot of the themes and that of what our men originated from had kind of trickled down and spread out to multiple religions. Like some people, I won't I won't say many people, because I really don't know. I'm not I'm not that deep into this, but it has been said that our men could be the origin to things such as the devil in Christianity, as this religion is older than Christianity and Judaism. So some people see it as a precursor. So it, it could be said that Christianity in, in its making of a religion drew from Araman or or drew from this figure, this mythology. And, and brought it into the the religion of Christianity. Like you you could say they took from that and put it into their own religion. Yeah, they, yeah it's possible that they did take some aspects, but that's with basically any religion. There's no religion except for like the first religion, which we wouldn't even know what that is, would take from others. Because see this. So Armin is said that he originated from a old per from a old Persian word of mouth mythology. So he started off word of mouth, and then it kind of trickled down to another religion, uh, Zoroastrianism. It trickled down to that, and it stayed mostly the same. But Armin had originated 
as a god in a polytheistic religion, but then eventually he became a spirit or a demon instead of a god in Zoroastrianism because he had a counterpart in the polytheistic religion uh, called Aramazda or Spintamanu, which basically means good thought or good spirit. And, and so people had wanted Aramazda to become the main god, the true god, essentially, like in Christianity. And so for Aramazda to be the true god, Angramanu or Araman could not be a god. So Araman became a demon or a daemon. And all the other gods that were in the polytheistic religion either became aspects of Aramazda or they became demons under Angramanu. And Angramanu uh, is also known as the daemon, the demon of demons or daemon of demons or Deva of Devas, because his demons were known as Devas. Though he wasn't necessarily, though he isn't necessarily known if he was the origin of demons, or if he just came to lead the demons. Man, that's, that, I think that is something that you, you drew great attention to, because I've noticed it quite often, that, whenever you have you know and and like with the christianity whenever you have something or someone who represents a great evil for some reason somebody has to bring in a great good you know because with these religions and mythologies oftentimes they don't want the evil to reign supreme so they like christianity has God. He he's the glorious God. I'm I'm a Christian myself. You know, I, I believe in God. He all glory be to him. But other religions have the same thing. Like uh Araman has his counterpart who they wanted to be the good God. That's very similar to my topic. Uh have you ever heard of Chernabog? Uh I have though Though, though, laugh. I heard about him from Marvel Comics because yeah, uh, I don't remember where I read about him, but he was a character in there at some point, and he he was a spirit. I can't remember if he was a spirit of madness or something like that. I never really got into uh, Slavic religion. Well, uh, essentially, that's that's one of the many embodiments that the Slavics gave him. Now, I do I do want to state this also to anybody listening. There is not a whole lot on Chernabog. I had to look in a lot of places, read a lot of articles and see what could be right, what could be wrong. And I basically took a lot of what I collected and what I heard a lot of is what I'm using to talk about here. But Chernabog was the Slavic embodiment of darkness, chaos, and evil. Anything in the world that you thought was bad, Chernabog was behind it. Source, some sources could date back 
as early as the 17th century, I think. But this and this is where the Christianity part comes into play. This mythology has been greatly suppressed and changed by Christianity. Um, a, a brother of Chernobog, Belabog, much like Araman's counterpart, Belabog is the god of, of good and light and everything that is great. That is purely because of Christian influence. The Christians, from what from what I've read, the Christians took this religion and they were like, okay, here's this great source of evil. There's no source of good. And they implemented one, you know. Bellabog was never really mentioned with Chernabog until later dates. And it's their name their names translate basically to black god, white god, Chernabog being black god, the god of darkness, and Bellabog being white god, god of light. Yeah, stuff like that. And I mean, like I said, you what what do you think? I want to I want to phrase this right. I'm not I'm not trying to get anybody's religion, make their feelings hurt. But do you think that this is something that often happens with Christianity? They find a way to influence or impact other religions or mythologies and maybe a not so positive way, because I mean, that's why not a whole lot about Chernobog is known, because the Christians came in and they messed with the whole mythology. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a give and take kind of situation, but it can also be a pretty bad thing in my mind because it really, depending on how it happens, it can really destroy a, a culture or really suppress it. Cause like, um, I, let's say, um, put in my mind, let's take on Native Americans into mind. The the British came and they essentially took all their land, they 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 suppressed the Native Americans here. This was their land and um they basically took it all from them and now what was what was uh a great people back then now is heavily suppressed and diluted because they are uh, I would say they are a minority among minorities in the United States right now even though this was originally even though this was originally their place of birth and their blood their bloodline are so diluted now from what I know from what I know like like, you know, they still have their, they still have their lands and there's still some around, like here in Lake Charles, you know, um, uh, like, uh, like, uh, sure, you know the casino, man. I'm trying to. Cachada. You know Cachada. That's owned by, that's Native American owned. Oh, didn't that one get like destroyed by the hurricane? Isn't it uh, like horseshoe or something now? Like yeah. that? I think they they got bought out, or or yeah, maybe they. they I'm, not, I'm not too sure. 
But now, like now, that's even less, you know, that's even less Native American like impact and being in the the city, you know. I think I think that's taken away from them, like you're saying. Yeah, and I've read articles. Now, this may not be true. Let's all say, let, let me put that disclaimer out now. I'm just going off of what I remember. I'm not, I haven't been there. I haven't done that. I'm just going off of what I've read. But I've, I've read articles from apparent people of Native American descent talking about how their culture is slowly grinding down to nothing and how just like how they get back to their roots just like with how like me i'm african-american i know nothing and i'm be honest about it i know nothing about what goes on in africa i can't i can't say anything about that like and i'm of mixed descent like because my my great-grandmother she's of french descent so she she was African, she was far African American, partially French, and she wasn't. And I'm not talking about like the Cajun people, because her apparently her grandmother was was French, but she but they didn't. But her mom, my great grandmother's mom, did not come down here until she was already an adult. And, and I, I get what you're, I get what you're saying with with that whole not knowing like so far back or my grandmother she she's in the other room she immigrated here when she was 21 2021 she's been here 50 years she she watches news from thailand she keeps up with it she keeps up with the family i i am on most of like legal documents my i'm asian american that is what i'm classified as I don't know anything about what happens in Thailand. I don't even know what it looks like. You know, like I, I I feel like and that's the whole thing with Chernobog and the Christians. I feel like there's so when you go so far back or or you go down the line of things much like you do with generations of people and you do with generations of mythology, things are going to change over time. You know, and yeah, they become mixed. Something's gonna be lost. Something's gonna be scattered. Exactly. You're gonna have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And what's crazy is with the Slavics. I mean, like, like I like I was saying, Bellabog, from what I've read, wasn't present for the whole time that Chernobog was. He came after, and that makes you wonder, or this this makes me wonder, and I want to ask you to think about this. Why would a culture have just a god of darkness, you know, just the, the black god with no good counterpart? What, what, what do you think as a people that would say, and I mean, it's not, it's not just the Slavic people. There's many if not all religions have some God who has to be an embodiment of evil, like Araman, why do people feel the need to have this present? Or why did the people back then? What do you think the, that 
huge presence of evil said about the people of the time. And what does that say about us for still keeping it in our religions and our mythologies? So, so I've thought about this before and I have a few thoughts about this. So one thing it could have been was that it was just people trying to reflect their own nature and what they know about the world and trying to make sense of it, such as, let's say, so you know people can do bad things, right? Like anybody can do bad things or can get ill, can see famine, things like that, all things like that. They want to make sense of it. They want to know why these things can happen, but they can't explain it or they don't want to think about it, such as it's just pure chance, but this is happening to me, this is happening to my people. So, but I have nothing to direct this towards. It's just, is what it is. People don't like to think about things like that. So, so because at that point, they just had to be mad at the world in general. So they, so they had to make to, someone to be mad at? So they had to make something something to be mad at, yeah. That's one thing. Or they just want to escape or a scapegoat or excuse for why they could do things like that. That's another possibility. It's similar to the first possibility, but it's different in intent. That's another one. And those are generally, those are generally the two gag orders for why people make up things like this to either to direct to direct their feelings towards or to explain it in ways they could understand or they could visualize because nobody enjoys big well let let me now say that most people don't enjoy big abstract abstract topics like that's one of the reasons why people don't like to think about death, about death, or and or they make up an afterlife. Not saying that there isn't an afterlife, but you get what I mean. They make up this afterlife because they can't visualize or understand what it would mean to if they were just to die and become nothing. Like there's nothing after death; you just cease to exist. Because we don't have any frame of reference for that. And it's so most of the time it scares people because they don't have a frame of reference. Yeah, that's man. I I really like the way you worded that. Like, that's man. That that just reminds like there has to be the big bad wolf in all your stories. Is is what I feel like. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. most of the things that you read about there there's always that form of bad and for some reason a lot of the interpretations whenever people look at it and interpret it they may not realize it but a lot of people can interpret those bad things as people or or things that people do which that goes hand in hand with what you're saying people needed a, a reason to be doing this and be at ease with it I, I guess so to say maybe not good with it but like Chernobog was kind of kind of like um, Araman. He was seen as he was interpreted as a devil by the Christians because he can't be a god if 
like Araman's counterpart. If Araman's counterpart is the one true God, Araman can't be a God. Just like why the Christians invented Bellabog, like, hey, this is the real God. This is just a demon. And that's that's what happens with the mix of pagan culture with the Christianity. That's what happens with the mix of people. You know what I'm saying? I feel like as people, when we come together and sometimes you'll get hostility, you'll get that that people acting evil because there's some evil force in the world that allows them to. And I feel like it has a deeper effect of not just religion and changing religions and mythologies, but people as a whole in those cultures and in those societies can change because of stuff like that. You know, if you have a culture who worships Chernabog, like there was, which is where the Christians ended up finding them, they found a, they called it a, the cult of Chernabog. They found this cult and were like, oh, y'all are Satanists. Y'all worship Satan, the devil. And they introduced Bellabog or whatever. And that changed the entire culture of those Slavic people, because now they were like, hey, here's a whole nother force that completely counteracts the thing we believed in. And do you think that in modern days, people could do something like that? Could we completely influence or change a religion oh, or mythology? Definitely. definitely, without doubt in my mind. Tell, Tell me about that. that. Speak on that. All it takes is all it takes is one person, one group of people to believe in something. They believe in that hard enough, and they're just gonna keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until they find that second person. Once they find that second person, they're both going out. Now they got four people. They got four people. Now they got sixteen, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. But I mean, it, it feels like. In today's times, everybody already has their mind made up and their mind said this, this is what I believe in. These are the, the morals I follow. How can, you know, I, I don't think it'd be changed. that easy. It's not that hard. In my mind, it's not that hard to change a person. A change a person's mind. Because for one, there are ways you can do this and it's some of the ways you can do this are horrific in my mind, but it's definitely possible. One, you can just condition a person. And it's really not that hard. It's not that hard to condition a person, but it's extremely hard to break conditioning. It's way harder to break conditioning than it is to actually condition somebody, especially when it's, once it's set in. So let's say you got this one person and this one person of a very particular mindset. They raise somebody as a baby off their beliefs. They start off soft with their they start off soft with their indoctrination saying, yo, it's not that bad, it's not that bad. And once you're raised in that and you start off with a light thing, because people, even when they're young, they can make up their mind about something being bad because yo, know, if you're causing pain to somebody, you if you understand pain, then you're gonna be like this may not be that good, though. So, and even kids can understand that. So, but 
as long if you build up towards it and get them used to it little by little, it gets harder for them to be able to say, yo, this is a bad thing. And once you keep going, you can get people to do more and more extreme things until they can't. Once you get somebody to do that little thing, you just add on more and more and get them and it just pieces up like that until eventually they can't even realize what they're doing is wrong anymore. And bringing it back to the concept of things being wrong, I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't things that are wrong, but, but we as people, as a society, came together to decide what is wrong. Because like, if you cause pain to another, that's wrong. And in some cultures, pain is seen as a good Pain is inflicting pain on others. It's seen as a good thing. So it's more of how you're, what you're raised around and how you're raised that decides what is right and wrong. Yeah, so, I, I totally get that. And I mean, it, sound, it sounds like it takes a great deal of psychological manipulation to try and do that. But I mean, it doesn't really, like, I know it, to me, it at first it sounded like it would be hard and it would it'd be hard to get somebody to convert or, or to get somebody to start following and picking up the pieces of what you're trying to get them on. But the the more I think about how how you're putting it, like you said, it it's just conditioning. Like that's that's just that's nothing other than a, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little more here, a little more there. And eventually people don't, people don't even think it's wrong anymore. They, they don't just decide that, Hey, this isn't right. They, they could go from a point of saying this is wrong to nothing's wrong. You know, people's whole morals and ideals can change just beyond the shift of of their culture or just beyond the shift of their religion or perspective on a religion and another thing change like that does not happen in the vacuum if you have a group of people that you can that you can relate to or you see as friends doing all this stuff or they're encouraging you even if they're not really your friends that helps a lot too it's, then things like peer pressure because Humans are naturally social creatures. A majority of people and who are a majority of people cannot exist by themselves. And even the people that can exist by themselves, that usually when they do that, they're miserable. Like nine times out of ten, if they're by themselves, they're miserable. Man, I I, the way you the way you're putting that is very interesting to me. Do you think that's also why in a lot of mythologies there's a lot of courtship? You know, there's a there's a lot of you know people not being alone. With when you put it that way, people are miserable when they're alone. I also think that could be a reason that you know, people brought in some force of good into these mythologies is because a lot of times uh, 
being alone is represented by darkness or, or coldness and mm-hmm. and being miserable. And that miserable feeling also is a direct relation sometimes to darkness and, and emptiness and coldness. I mean, I can I can see how people feeling the need to have a companion or just to not be alone. That in itself could influence a big change in cultures, religions and morals and stuff like that. Uh, one thing I can say, people can definitely make excuses for people that they're around. Just off the thing that, yo, I don't want to do this by myself because I can just say because yeah, I can say personally, I've made excuses for other people just to keep them around. Haven't we all, man? It's 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 something that even sometimes subconsciously people are, are putting pressure on each other to do is to keep some kind of bond, to keep number one and number two together. They'll do anything to make sure that they don't come apart and they're alone like there's there's people who would who would break laws who would who would do heinous acts just to keep their their best friend or or whoever's by their side by their side and that's that's why I also I also want to point this out but those gods of evil are typically associated with being alone or 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 something of that sort like that maybe they're cast away or or they have nobody to stand beside them and typically the only people who are on their side are a bunch of evil nasty creatures who who don't really provide company but in greek mythology like how hades ends up uh with persephone right mm-hmm. and i mean like in in christian Christianity, the devil doesn't have like a a missus or whatever, doesn't have like a wife, but was able to influence Eve in the garden, you know, so it kind of confuses me how these evil beings are associated with being alone whenever it often seems that they go out of their way to affect people or to be present in people's lives. So do you that, that kind of makes me draw a correlation to maybe sometimes being alone could be good or, or be in relation to a force of goodness rather than a force of evil. Because, you know, sometimes people will be evil to not be alone. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's possible for there to be good and being alone. And... So usually it's not for extended periods of time because that's usually why, you know, those solitary confinement, they're tortures that you can do with through solitary confinement. Like usually, well, not usually, but there are some people that are just more resistant to being alone than others or in isolation than others. But I can, but it's, so it can definitely be a good thing. You just get your mind together. Like me, I'm the type of person. I like to be alone while being alone. And let me explain that. Let's say, let's say I'm in, let's say I'm in my home or something like that. I'm in my house. I got my own little space. 
And there can be a bunch of other people in the house, and I'm cool with being by my I'm cool with being by myself for like a week straight, essentially. I've been by myself for like a basically by myself for a week straight. As long as I know somebody's near, I'm cool. But whenever I'm truly, whenever you're truly alone, you kind of just feel that. Cause I remember one time, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a really bad storm. It was a really bad storm out here. It, and my house felt like a, like the scene of a horror movie. Cause I was there by myself. All the lights are flickering on and off like in the horror movie. And I swore to God I heard somebody stepping on the roof. I swore to God I heard somebody stepping on the roof. And I was, and I swear to God, I was about, I swear to anything that I was a step away from saying, yo, I'll take my chances outside in the rain. I was <laughs> that close to just bolting. That's funny. I, I, re- I remember I used to hate stuff like that, being alone in distressing times, but I never really thought about it the way that you said just now. And that's that's interesting. That's an interesting take on it, because now that you said that, I I do the same thing and I don't even realize it. But I haven't always like I'm cool with being alone while I'm alone like that. That's what I'm cool with doing. I'll, I'll be in my house. It's just me and my mama and I'll be in my room and I'll find I'll go spend time with mama. But as long as I know that somebody's near and I know that I don't have to be alone, I feel like that's the reassurance that that a lot of people love to have. And that that's where that that good that that white God presence like Bella Bog or or Ireman's counterpart stuff like that. You know, it's, it's what could be good. Like being alone, some people don't have a problem with it, but they could have company. They don't have to be alone. And that's that good presence that people oftentimes try to relate to. And they try to always have, but oftentimes if you try too, too hard to keep that presence and you're too worried about maybe not being alone sometimes you could pester somebody away you could drive somebody away by wanting to not be alone i i genuinely feel like if the best balance between your own personal morals and your own personal good god and 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 dark god is you have to know for yourself what's right and what's wrong you can't live life according to this is what everybody says is right this is what everybody says is wrong this is what everybody says you need to do and who you need to be with that's not how life is man uh all glory be to god you know jesus christ my savior they've given me free will i i believe what i believe i don't believe in god the same way that a lot of people do but as humans with free will, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this specifically, but as humans with free will, how important is it that we understand according to written law and our own beliefs, how important is it that we use our free will to understand 
what we should do and what we shouldn't do when it comes to things being right or wrong. Like what we should say is right and what we should say is wrong. That's kind of a deep, that's kind of a deep topic, but hey, man, we've been doing deep topics this whole time, so let's get in. So, in my mind, free, free will is a natural privilege, but it's a it's a natural privilege, but it's also it's also its own kind of cage. It when you say its own way, when you say privilege, because I know a lot of people would use the word right free will is a right like all people have it and there's no taking it away from them. but you say privilege can do you do you think that there's for everybody do you think that there's sometimes people don't necessarily have free will and it truly is a privilege that a lot of us get to do the things we want to do uh the way I think about it is sometimes people don't want the free will. Oh, that God, that's that's deep, man. Go ahead, keep continue, continue. So, so people naturally have free, naturally have free will from birth, right? Even even when they're raised by their parents and stuff like that, and their parents instill certain things in them, they still they still have that natural ability to choose, even if they end up going to their parents or advice and stuff like that. That's still of their own choosing. But I've heard stories of people who literally could not function without somebody guiding them. Like the military. That, like people go to the military for stuff like that. I've, I've heard of that. Man, they're kind of going a little crazy. But yeah, like with the military, now, this isn't everybody, but some people, when they go into the military, because I knew somebody like this. He, he was uh, one of my older cousins. Like, um, I'd say, like, I'm 18 right now. He's like seven and a half, eight years older than me. He was the biggest stickler for the rules I ever met since young. Like, when I say you give him a, your authority figure, and you tell you lay down the rules. I swear, to, I swear, he will follow that rule to the T. And that's how he's always been. And the crazy thing is, is that his his people weren't were not overly strict. Even when I was staying with them, like I stayed with them one time. I stayed with them one time. And while there were rules, they were never overly strict. And if his people were the controlling type. I can tell you this. They would not have been as lenient with me as they were. And they would not, would not have been as lenient with him as they were. Cause, but he was the most severe person I've ever met. Because he, he hated the idea of things not having a specific structure and a specific, uh, I don't know how to say the word, about hierarchy. How like he needed an authority figure, and if you were not above him, you were below him, he, you were under his purview. And that was, I love him, I swear to God, I love him, but I cannot live with him, and that's what I mean. Because even though he, he had this authority in his mind over me, 
he would only enforce the rules that were given to him. Besides that, he didn't really care. And that's why I mean, he had he had free will, but I don't think he liked the fact that he had, or I don't think he liked he, the fact that he had as much free will as he did, because he only ever really did what he was told. Like, he... Or, or some people who also feel similar to him or him maybe maybe felt a need to to be a part of or or to stick to some kind of hierarchy almost or or would you just say he genuinely didn't feel like making all the, the choices for himself that he had to he he needed something to guide him and to lead him and what he believed was right or wrong. I I think it was a mixture of both, leaning more towards the fact that he wanted somebody to choose for him. Or at least, as, or let me let me add a thing to that. If he did not think you were trustworthy with authority, he would not listen to you. So that's one, that's, that's one thing. He was not good in he was not good in school in one particular class because of one particular professor that he had no respect for. So I guess he so I guess he both he both disliked having full free reign of his free will, but he also used that free will to have the ability to choose who he would who he would defer to, which which kinda which kinda which is kind of like a, I don't, I don't have the word for it, you know, when something kind of opposes what, what you expect from it. But I kind of like being a hypocritical thing, like it contradicts itself. Yeah, it contradict. Contradict. Itself. Yeah, that's the word. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine because. I get what you're saying, like having to or not having to, but preferring to be told, hey, bum, 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 this is it, you know, follow this. But and I mean, I, I feel like this could apply to literally anybody who listens to this podcast ever in the history of time, but not everybody's going to feel the same about anything, no matter what. That's just how the world is nowadays. And I think that's I, like like you said, with with the free will, that's maybe some people don't want too much of their own free will. They're told this is the right and wrong. They're going to follow what they've been given and they're going to hear some of the stuff that people say or that we say here today and be like, mm, no, that's wrong. But some people are going to hear it with an open mind. And, and choose with their own free will to be like, hey, okay, I get that. Or, hey, I, I still don't believe that. Even if they're not told that this and this and this is right or wrong, they can choose themselves to believe what is right and wrong, which is far. I think that, you know, the aspect of, of people being able to understand evils and good things 
and people being able to determine for themselves what is evil or dark and what is good or light. I think that's more important to the people in modern days. That's more important than a religion, you know, because and like I said, I believe in God, but God is the one who made me who I am. And he knows the choices that I will make. And he gave me the free will to make these choices. And he gave me the understanding to decide what is right and what is wrong for myself. That's deeper than any God in a textbook. That's deeper than any deity praised in a in a church or, or, or any sacrifice you make to whatever God you believe in. The fact that no matter who you believe in, one thing is certain. We all were given free will. Some of us use it more than others. Some of us don't. But the most important thing in my mind is that everyone is able to at least understand, maybe not decide, but at least understand what is right and what is wrong for themselves. Well, Dalen, do you have any uh, any closing remarks, anything else you want to add on, talk about, spit real quick? Uh, I, I guess I'll give a little fact to uh, about a little bit about what I researched on. So Go ahead. Apparently, so apparently when they had, when they had uh, the religion, when they realized that if I remind Mazda was the one true God. How could our men exist if this one God made everything? So then, so then they, so then there was one faction that was seen as a heretical that basically said another God that was in the original Persian mythology, his name was. Zorvan, or or some similar that I'm sorry if I butchered the name, but Zorvan, who was a god of time, was the supreme god who made who who had made everything and everything was preordained by his right. But essentially, Zorvan was creating everything, but in a moment of doubt, but had a moment of doubt, and in that moment of doubt, our man was created from that moment of doubt. And before our master was born, our men essentially forced themselves to be born because the first because the firstborn would be the ruler of everything. But Zorvan basically said, "You will reign for nine thousand years before our master is born." And so that's the time where our men reign supreme, and that's how they made that. But they. But this, but this was um, this sect was wide was widely disavowed. This Zorvanism, which was a, uh, which was a uh, seen as a heretical sect of Zoroastrianism, it it was it wasn't widely agreed upon. 
like most people that follow Zoroastrianism didn't agree on this ending. So they made another ending where Aramazda was still the supreme god and Araman was just one of his creations, but Araman of his own free will decided to be an evil god and do evil actions. I mean, not evil god, but evil being and commit evil actions. As during the, basically, Aramazda's creation of the world where he, he had made a divine bull uh, I think it was a divine bull. I can't remember if it was divine bull or divine boar. Check me on this. Don't take everything I say as 100%. Check me on this. But he had made a divine bull that our men decided to kill. And from the corpse of that bull, our master went to, took it to the moon, and from his corpse had made animals. And then after this, our master made the first man who was just as beautiful and as perfect as the bull. Once again, Araman killed him, but from the corpse, Aramazda made the Knicks, uh, had took the seeds, planted them, and from this came a plant that eventually bloomed into the Knicks two people, a man and a woman, and they lived in harmony with the animals and everything else for the time. In the garden but, of Eden, almost, is what it sounds like. The garden, yeah. But, you know, Aramis, who is also known as evil spirit, evil thought, whispered in their ears, I'm your, I'm the one that's your creator. This other, this other dude, he is a deceiver. I'm your true creator. And yeah, 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 everything is against you. So this called, this planted doubt in their heart. So they became disharmonized with the animals and everything else and they stopped believing in our master. And eventually, this also made it so that they had trouble having kids and when they eventually did have, did have their first children, they killed an alien. Then they had another set of children who survived and eventually became the people we know to spread and became the people we know today. But after this, we but because of this, we were introduced to sin, and we could feel out of harmony with the world. And that is why our men or Angamayu is sometimes referred to as the evils of the world. Man, that's that's deep. That's that's how. Uh, if if I'm right, I'm not 100% sure on this. This is something that also needs to be fact checked, but. Chernobog and Bellabog's name in a I want I want to say it's Latin. It is some language. Their names are translated to Chernobog as devil and Bellabog as God slash Jesus. Like it it had heavy Christian influence, you know. And I mean, just like how our men and our Mazda. You know, you you have your first people, and they're real in the harmonized with the nature and the animals. Kind of sounds like the Garden of Eden, and, and you know how our men comes and plants doubt in their heart. The snake brings the apple and says, "Here, Eve, have a bite. Nothing's wrong with it." You know, and I mean, yeah, that's that's deep. You know, the 
talking about evil and, and darkness and things that are, are wrong is something a lot of people don't want to talk about. But I feel like it's something that needs to be talked about. You know, I'd, I'd like to understand why people feel the way they do and why they do the things they do, whether it's good or bad. And you have done a fantastic job of shedding light on on most of that. I I have a much better understanding of the origins of, of evil and and why some things in the world may be bad or not for some people, some cultures, man. It it was fantastic to get and sit here and talk with you, man. You you're amazing, everybody. This is just mything around. Dalen Brown, thank you for being here, man. Uh, yeah, one one more time. It was a pleasure, dude. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was all mine.